This episode of the Golf Game Podcast on the Sports Game Podcast Network is presented to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and stop making smarter bets today. All right, DJs, welcome back. It's your boy, Boston Capper. Got the god of golf himself in here. And we have two very special guests because we're going to do our major championship preview because it's the doldrums of golf right now. We need something to talk about. And we want to talk about some majors. And uh, so we got a good friend of the program, former employee, Brian Kirshner. BK, what's up, buddy? I, I'm, I'm very happy to be joined by some, some great friends tonight. I haven't potted in a while like months so um it's a nice little warm-up for the season um i miss golf i've i've been jonesing to talk some golf so i'm i'm very excited for uh for tonight good i love it and then we got matt gannon our dfs guru you hear him every monday night and uh read his articles as well matt so you got the san diego hat on and I feel like every fucking time I see you, you have a different hat on. Explain the San Diego hat. I don't get it. Yeah, I'm definitely just a big fitted hat guy. I uh, got this one last <laughs> week. Walked in. If I if if I see a lids, I'm going in the lids. So better off just staying away from the store. But if I see one, I go in, find a new one. I wear it. Yeah, not, not gotcha. nothing to it. Just kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like how you're very color. Or I like how your very color scheme too. Like it looks like that was part of it too. Yeah, it looks like the throwback unis there too. So yeah. Well, bef- well before we get into golf. Um, while I warm you guys up with some NFL stuff first, Matt, while I talk to you first, all right, let's hear we, so, so some of that, we, we forgot to actually answer this in our mailbag, uh, last Thursday, but we're all fans of all the golf people on SGPN are all fans of really bad franchises. And I think your team, uh, the Carolina Panthers right now are the, uh, the King, uh, turd of all of us. So I guess, how about we try and spin it as a positive? What's one no thing that is positive right now about your team? Um, Bryce Young will have one really good throw a game. That's pretty much it. And as you guys all know, we have nothing to tank for. We have no picks. We are in. We have no. We have owner problems. We have owners on Epstein list. It is a mess. <laughs> it is an absolute mess in Charlotte right now. I don't know what the outcome is. I mean, I think we were boned when we drafted Bryce because. It's I. It is what it is. We got a guy, but he's just not the guy. Clearly, week after week, and I. I'm very not optimistic. I am in the the works of changing my fandom. Not actually, but it's it's bad. I don't. I have nothing positive to say. It's just all bad. Well, so all right. So I watched a little bit of the Carolina game, and Bryce looked a little better this past week. He was getting the ball out a lot faster. Seemed like he was hitting his back leg and and getting rid of it. He looked yeah. better. He did look better, but against uh, a defense that has committed the uh, the division player of the week for three straight weeks, I'm not taking it as much because that Packers defense has been absolutely woeful the last month of the season. So I like it was a good week. Yeah, but I, they put up 30 points. I I need to see it more than we, we've seen it because weeks one through 15 have been garbage. But he does have one spectacular throw a game that's like, wow, number one pick. I see it like not many guys are making this throw, but gets sacked a lot. He's not using his legs as much. I would like him to. And it's just, yeah, what is, what am I to be hopeful for? And I know you guys are fans of shitty teams too, but I've never experienced a good NFL team. I had that one cam season. So I don't know what, like, it's just bad. Just bad. (laughs) Well, 
Listen, I mean, you're still young. They can definitely turn it around. Maybe you won't be uh, jaded like uh, Capra and I, although Capra has a lot of rings. Uh, they still yeah, yeah, love. Yeah, you I have, have, I have years, I years, years yes. to make up for. Yeah. You would you would not think so with me screaming at my TV on Christmas Eve, these fucking morons winning a goddamn game. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's un- unbelievably stupid. Right. And Christmas Eve to me was great this year. Like, I had family and friends over. It was, like, loud. There was kids. It reminded me, like, when I was a kid growing up, you know, and it was perfect up until... The fucking Patriots. I hate them so much. There you go. All right. All right, Kershaw, I want to turn to you because when I was on the Inside Golf podcast, uh, I think right at the tail end there, uh, apparently Andy was telling me about you had an anti-Brock Purdy MVP. Uh, and so, I'm right. Like I've like fulfilled the prophecy. So like, I want I want you to take your victory lap because as soon as I because I fell asleep, you know, at halftime. But as soon as I woke up and I saw four picks from Brock Purdy. You were the first person I thought of. So, go ahead, victory lap it. No, there, there's Tell really no, there's really no victory lap to be had. Like, I like the NFL. I like betting on the NFL. I don't care about any team. I don't have like an MVP ticket. And I tweeted, it and I was just like, I was like, um, this impacts my life in negative way. But Brock Purdy should not be the MVP of the NFL. And I think it was right after like the photo of him walking into the game, like looking like a Coles model came out. I'm like, this guy just should not be the NFL uh, MVP. And I tweeted out a couple videos when like McCaffrey would have a long catch for a touchdown and like Purdy would pass it five yards and McCaffrey would just um, like run it down the field a hundred yards. And I was like, no other QB can do this in the NFL. Like he needs to be MVP. Uh, but in all honesty, he's like a top seven, top five um, quarterback in the NFL. But I just never thought he should be the most valuable player in the NFL when he's not even the most valuable player on his own franchise. So um, I think Lamar is going to shit his pants next week because this is what's been happening. No, um, not next this, week. Playoffs, he will. Not next week. No, no, no. Next week. The second someone becomes a favorite to win the MVP, they just have a horrible game. So that's kind of a model I've been like kind of trending and uh, looking oh. at. Um, so, yeah, that's a little tidbit. Next week, Miami, nuclear missile, well play, um, all of Lamar unders. Like that's it's Miami on the road, right? Yeah, that's a nuke for me next week. Um, but that's just something I've been seeing in the in the NFL this year. It's still so fucking weird to me that you don't have an NFL team. It's fucking strange. Yeah. It doesn't sit right. It doesn't sit no, right. No, I, I understand, but like, am I really gonna like live and die and care about like the Jets or Giants? Like, no. You do the I Islanders, so like why not? No, Isles are my team. Like I yeah, right. like by far Isles are my team. But yeah, I understand your point. I just I don't feel it. I don't feel a connection to either of those teams. It was hilarious when you texted me about the Bruins Islanders game and we were reeling and you were like, This is they're absolutely going to lose to the Bruins. I was like, Yeah, probably. And they they did. Your yeah. team is your team. I was at that game. Yeah, you're on a lot of Islanders game, man. You got season tickets? No, it's just like it's not that expensive and like it's fun to go to. And like I enjoy watching live hockey. Like Gannon knows, like he's a big Peas fan. Like it's very fun to go to hockey games. Hockey games is live hockey is the best experience, period. End of story. 100% agree. Yeah. 
I've been going to a bunch. They are they are fun. You're just I mean, a diehard Pistons fan. You got your pick seats down there. Nobody goes to fucking Panthers games. They're on it. Yeah, and it's getting. I from the few games I've been to, apparently it's getting more busy because they went to the Stanley Cup last year. But yeah, the people that I sat next to, like at a few games ago, they were like, last year no one was here, and like the first game I went to it was sold out. So it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's good stuff. Okay. All right. Well, why don't we take our first break? Yeah. So, uh, Pay the, uh, pay the ads there, and then we'll uh, we'll actually get to the point of this uh, podcast. Uh, let's talk about the only thing that matters in golf this year, uh, the majors. So sad. All right, well, listen, Underdog Fantasy is a way you play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college, basketball, and football. All you got to do is pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com, when you sign up with code... SGPN Underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. Okay. All right. Well, why don't we go first to the Masters, uh, right. which will be the first round that is going to matter in the entire year uh, when that Thursday rolls around. So uh, I went on the Andy, Andy Locks podcast a couple of months or a couple of weeks ago. Um, one of the things that we wanted to talk about a lot is, you know, like any changes to the courses, especially ones we haven't seen. The last couple of years with the Masters, there have been significant changes. Obviously, you had the reconstruction, essentially, of hole number 11, where they took out all the trees. They widened the fairways a little bit. Uh, they lengthened 13, lengthened 15. So it seems like, unless they are withholding any information, they're not changing the course at all. You know, they might have some changes to some greens. You know, there's always been, um, they're trying to do more expansion of fairways, reduction of rough, but... You know, really the only thing to take away from, you know, or, you know, to look at this year is maybe some changes or not changes, but how those holes played. That's a topic for another time. So I guess really, listen, we all know the Masters. We all know Augusta National. We have plenty of data at this point. If you go to data golf, they have all the strokes gain data. They have the relative skill set chart, et cetera. So it's just going to come down to essentially how you like handicapping this thing. What do you like valuing me personally? Uh, when I went to Augusta national, I was able to walk around the entire property, see the greens. I just made it a point that I'm never going to take a guy who's bad around the greens. Um, you know, I, I, that's always been just a common narrative with the masters. It was really reinforced when I went that, you know, it, it's not, that's, it's not that it's so impossibly difficult. It's that the type of shots you're asked to do around the green, you can do it if you're really good. But the punishment for being sloppy, not executing, is a lot. So, and you notice, you know, John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, Hideki's really good around the green, Spieth, obviously, all these guys who have been really good around the green. That tends to be the, you know, the kind of the tiebreaker in order to carry them to, you know, Augusta success. So, you know... You know, unlike the last couple of years where we've had to maybe speculate about, you know, how's this hole going to play? Is it really going to change? I think the only thing it's really done to Augusta National is it just made it impossibly long, especially when it's playing really, you know, wet like it did the last couple of years. Uh, that's why I've seen like guys who are just really long off the tee tend to dominate. You know, look at the leader over last year, Rom, uh, you know, uh, Cam Young, Hovland, Cantley, even you know he's got some poppies really good off the tee too. So yeah, yeah, so so if it's going to be similar conditions this year, if it's going to play very long, expect a lot of the same. But if you get a you know a type of uh, you know weather conditions like in twenty twenty one when it was pretty firm, you might get a little more diverse leaderboard. But 
uh, one thing Cantley said um, in an interview last year, but when talking about Augusta National, you know, it used to be where you want to be on the correct side of the fairway, so driving to accuracy mattered. But because the tee boxes are so pushed back and there's such so many long approach shots, it doesn't really matter now what side of the fairway you're on because you're having a really long approach shot in. So that's why I think off the tee has been mattering a lot more in the last couple of years. Obviously, long iron play, 75% of your shots are going to be over 150 yards there. Good around the green uh, obviously plays well there. That's me. So uh, Capper, Matt, Brian, uh, maybe I'll kick it to you guys. Um, Brian, I'll go to you first. Is there anything I missed? Is there anything that you know you find that is unique to the Masters that you want to put in your handicap, or is it really just kind of what I summarized there? Well, I think the biggest thing that I think about the Masters, at least recently, is that three of the last four winners have won like three times before they played the Masters. Um, so, you know, people in un- not like good form, like unbelievable winning golf tournaments, number one player in the world um, type players have been winning. Um, I think this year we're due for a non number one player in the world to win. We have Tiger, DJ, Scotty, Rom, all. Um, at one point, number one players in the world. I think we get like a Decky, um, Trevor Immelman, Zach Johnson type winner, um, Sergio Reed um, winner this year. I don't think we get an absolute top dog um, winning the Masters um, this year. But if someone does win three times before the Masters, I will um, bet them. Um, but I think we're due for a more mid-tier golfer to win at Augusta this year. When you say mid-tier, I mean, who, who you consider the last mid-tier guy? Decky? Yeah, Decky. Definitely okay. Decky. And then Sergio and Reed, when they won back-to-back, were not, you know, number one players um, in the world. So do, do you want me to give my, uh, my pick? Well, let me get Matt's opinion first. So I guess what's, what's the most important thing you look at uh, when you're handicapping the masters every single year. Yeah. I mean, pretty much what you said, a guy who's very creative around the green and a guy who's not afraid to let loose off the tee with uh, no regret. Cause there is some spaces on Augusta where you can, you have a little bit more room than you may think. So pretty much what you said, a guy, you got to be able to hit it long, like the past winners have and be uber creative around on and around the greens. Okay. All right. So the criteria of what we're going to do tonight is uh, we're just going to give Especially a favorite, kind of a snap pick right now. Listen, it is December. A lot can happen between now and the major, especially when we get to the Open Championship. Us trying to pick a winner there. Good luck. But um, we're going to pick a favorite basically under 30 to 1. We're going to pick a guy who can be any odds. It's just a guy we see with odds right now that we think is going to basically be better by the time we get to the tournament. And then a long shot, anything over 60 to 1. So, Cameron, why do I go to you first? Uh, what's your gun to your head pick? Uh, for any of the favorites under 30 to one to win the 2024 masters. So, I mean, going back to backs, insanely difficult. Rory's never winning another major. Vic still too bad around the greens. I know we flashed a little bit this past year. Jordan's way too short. Is he? He's fucking 18 to one. Oh, no, 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 like short odds. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, 
and I'm not going to be disgusting like you are, Steve, and take the fucking top of the board, Scotty Scheffler. So I, so can I say something? Yes, you sure can. I had baby brain when I went on Andy's podcast. And I wasn't really prepared to make picks. Uh, some of my picks will be changed. Fine. Okay. I didn't, I've, had, yeah. I've had a little bit of time to think. And it I wasn't about it. Was, I, so I, full disclosure, I haven't listened to the pod yet. So the um, I, I just know you wrote that damn article. That's why I texted you. I was like, you're disgusting. Um, yeah. So Homa, no. All right, all right, make make a pick. Stop going through Smith. This. Smith. I'll just go. I'll go back to Cam. Like maybe he puts it. Maybe maybe he puts it back together, dude. And like, look, he if it wasn't for Scotty, like he was he was the man. Maybe he puts it back together. Um, gets that year under his belt, doing nothing, and maybe he wants to compete again. Okay, give me Cam. All right, Matt. How about you? Gun to your head. Who is a favorite under yeah. thirty to one? Uh, it's going to win the Masters. I mean, Capper did say Jordan Spieth is too short at eighteen to one, but for the sake of the sub thirty to one narrative that we are building. I will pick Jordan Spieth. You know what you're getting from Jordan Spieth. You know the course history. Uh, yeah, I don't care what form he's in. He finished uh, T3 when he was in no form, I thought, two, three years ago. So I'm down for Jordan. Just figure it out uh, uh, from T to green, and then you know he'll chip and putt well. So Jordan, hopefully okay. putt well. Like All right, Kirshner, how about you? Yeah, so this is the major that I have the least conviction about a 30-to-1 guy. Um, I think I think it's really tough right now to to kind of pick a favorite um, to win. But since I do have a twenty eight to one on Cam Smith, um, I'll take him because again, like I said, My I man. don't think it's I don't think it's going to be a, a a world number one. He will never be um, a world number one, and he really had a pretty good year um, post. Um, kind of the beginning of the year. He won a couple times on live top 10 at the U S open. Um, and again, if he didn't go to live, um, I think this is a guy I would always say just bet at Augusta because it's a spot he's always, um, been great at last year was, was a very big disappointment in how he kind of started yeah. out the year. So that's a bit of a concern, but I straight up bet a 28 to one, because I just think that's a great number on a major winner. Um, that has the course history here and you know maybe the Saudis are in right now and they just get a big dub to start the year and Cam Smith um, gets a win but I do not have big conviction on anybody below 30 to 1 so I'll go with the guy I already have a bet on like it okay all right I I think if we get weather conditions similar to what we got the last two years um, I do think it's going to favor somebody over under 30 to 1 at that point, but if we get something like 2018, 2021, a little warmer, a little firmer, maybe, maybe we'll have some wiggle room to go down the odds board. But look, so I'm also going to go with a live guy and I'm going to go with a guy making his ninth master's appearance, uh, similar to what Rom did la- or uh, to uh, what Rom or it was a milestone uh, master's appearance. Rom won in his seventh last year. This is Brooks ninth. Uh, Matt, so I'm going with Brooks Kapka, 17-1. Like it. So I listen, with form f- for him coming in, it's hard to really gauge how he's really doing. But you know, it seems like at this point in his career, I mean, obviously a lot of these non-major tournaments hasn't really mattered to him, but he's already proven that to himself that all right, I can win a major major championship if you clip that off the PGA. What's left on his resume, I think, now is that Masters win. Finished, you know, second last year. Obviously, a lot of close calls. You know, came just short of uh, beating Tiger in 2019. I think the window is going to close on him. 
probably within the next four or five years, he's got a sense of urgency. Uh, he fits a lot of the stuff I'm looking for as far as a guy I'm looking you know, for here, especially if we get the weather because what we got the last two years. Um, I'll go with Brooks. Uh, finally gets his green jacket. I can, I can get down with that. That's fine. Okay. All right. Value picks. Who is a guy, one guy you see on the odds, which is tough because I think a lot of these odds kind of suck right now. I yeah. think folks have kind of figured out that just cram everybody 50, 60 to one, put them all there and we'll figure it out <laughs> later. But what's, what's one guy uh, that you see right now that you think is going to close uh, before a tournament with a better number? Uh, Matt, we'll start with you. What's that one guy? I was going to go with, with what you said on Brooks. I just think he's, he's gearing up for this one major and this one time of year, and he's going to close as one of the favorites. But I'll change up to Cantlay because I think he's going to win one or two times preceding the Bro. Masters, therefore just leading his number to close. But Cantlay will we probably win all four majors, but I don't – yeah, you can bet him whatever. Matt, we, Matt, we talked about this last year. You said if he didn't fucking win, you were going to get off Cantlay. And here you are. Yeah. The season hasn't even started yet, and you're fucking talking yourself into Patrick fucking Cantlay, who no shows at every major to win the I fucking just, match. His number. I just think his number will be lower. I'm not even saying I want to bet him. I think his number will be lower than 18, though. Wow. I, I agree with you. He's a fucking loser. Okay. But, and you and you told me I could yell at you if you were starting. No, yeah. Him. You can. You, you gave him that him. permission. Yeah, because you knew my. You, everyone knew my thing with Cantlay last year. Bet him every damn week. So I, I said, Capra, if this doesn't pay off, you have every full reign to yell at me for this. So <laughs> D- dad told you to go to your room, Matt. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Kersher, <laughs> thanks, what, about, what about you? What's one guy you see on the Osborne right now that you think their number's too low? So for the sake of the show, like I- I'll do this, but I was kind of just having like my long shot. I think his odds will be lower. But I have a really good case for him, so I'll just I'll just go. I'm not saying this guy's gonna win, but Tommy Fleetwood, sixty six to one, the day of the Masters, he'll be lower. He's not gonna win the Masters. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying his odds will be lower. That's what I'm saying. With this isn't like my conviction pick. I just think his odds are wrong right now. And if you want some CLV, you could bet him. But my long shot pit actually is winning the Masters. So this is just kind of. For the sake of the show. Okay. All right. So I made this argument in my column. Again, this is not, I don't agree with him being at this number. I don't think based on what his resume is, he should be here. But just given where Xander is always priced in majors, like he hasn't been worse than 25 to one in the last three years. There is a 28 to one on him right now. And that usually is where his floor is you know, as the week goes on. So if you are somebody who still thinks Xander can win a master, Xander can win a major 28 right now is probably the best price you're going to get on him because his season, his early season schedule is very favorable. He's got Tory Pines. He's got Phoenix. He's got Riviera. So though, and he's got Kapalua. He's a threat to win in any of those. So if he wins one of those, the odds are going to go under 20. So if you are somebody who wants to bet Xander, win the masters, there's a 28 to one number on him right now. That's that is not going to be there. Probably when we get to April, that's the guy I see right now that probably, you know, is a quote unquote value, even if I don't really think the number is all that great. So Capra, what about you? Under 30 to one, I guess we'll let that slide. Um, the uh, What about Tom Kim, man? Guys fucking 55 to one top 15. It's not top 15, top 20. I can't yeah, he, exactly he played well here last year. Played well here last year. Fun, lovable dude. 
Like, listen, I don't know if he's going to win this fucking second time at Augusta, but I mean, you can certainly get worse fucking numbers. I mean, who's in front of him? We got losers like fucking JT, Tony fucking Finau, Terrell Hatton, who hates this golf course. Uh, Cam Young, who's never going to win a tournament. Like, yeah, give me, give me a guy who's won on the PGA Tour, who played well here, clearly likes it, skill set fits it. Give me Tom Kim at 55. Okay. All right. Long shot pick. Kirshner, why don't we go to you? Who's a long shot you like betting that, or like right now that maybe you're considering actually betting right now? Yeah, I, I actually did bet him. So last night I couldn't sleep. Like, you know, I was, you know, it's a long weekend, like was drinking, like just couldn't sleep. I was up and I was just sometimes when I can't sleep, because I, I know Steve, we, we've talked about this when we were at Woe Kill. I like when I can't sleep and my mind's racing, I like go through major winners dating back to as far as I can go. I can easily go back to like t- 2007. And that's kind of the range I'm working on. And then I opened up my phone. I'm looking at odds. And I was just like, wait, this guy is this price for the Masters this year? Like, this must be a mistake. Um, it's not a mistake. I bet it. Um, this is a generational wealth play. JT Poston is 340 to 1. 340 to 1 to win the Masters this year. That he is the same price as Jason Kokrak and Cameron Champ. Like JT Poston is a top 40 player in the world. He's won two times on the PGA Tour. He's from Georgia. You know, he's inaccurate off the tee. You know, you can get away with that. Great wedge player. Great putter. This price is, like, flat out wrong. Like, JT Poston, he's, like, 175, 225 to win the Masters. I've had 50 bucks on it to win, like, $15,000. I'm not even joking. Like, JT Poston can top five, top six at the Masters this year, and 340 to one is just an absolutely absurd price. So I'll say this. You're right. Because when I went through the odds board too, I saw JT Poston was like the same odds like Molinari or stuff like that. Like he based on what JT Poston's been doing the last like year or so with his ball striking numbers, his strokes gain, that's a egregious price. He's from Georgia. What does that mean? It's a big state full of dumb rednecks. What does that mean for anything? He's from Georgia. Like, he vibes there. He was, like, top 30 last year. Like, listen, the 300 to 1 is fine. And listen, after I shamed you for uh, the little uh, alopecia on the the open. Yeah. Fucking... Yeah, listen, I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna fuck with you. Yeah, I'm, like, very confident in it. Listen, I agree. It's a bad price on JT Poston. Do I like him at the Masters? Probably not, but I think you have identified a guy who is definitely mispriced. So I'll give you that. Uh, Capper, what about you? What's a long shot pick that uh, you like? I mean, I don't know. I really don't believe a long shot will fucking win, but I guess maybe one more time for fucking Siwoo. <laughs> I mean, he, he top 10 with a fucking three-wood as a putter. Uh he really disappointed me last year, man. I loved the ride of the 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 first or last. Like I hated his like 30s and 40s last year. I feel like maybe he's getting fat and comfortable in like married life. I don't know. Like uh, he's not as vol as he used to be. Maybe he's I don't know. His wife's keeping him too happy. He needs to make him sleep on the couch or something. Get him angry and let him go play. But 
Uh, you know, 121 for a guy who's competed here. Obviously, PGA winner. Uh, Skill set fits. So, yeah, fucking, I'll, I'll stick with my guys, I guess. What do I, I went Camp Smith and Siwoo and Tom there, there you go. I mean, Asians if you're have won the Masters. Like, that's a trend. <laughs> the what? Asians have won the Masters. Asians like, have won the Masters. Yep, that's a trend. <laughs> yeah, like, sure. you, know, you got that going. Let's say if you're concerned about him getting fat and happy, he no longer has to go to the military either. So that's really going to help his motivation. Oh yeah, that motherfucker. Yeah, for real. What a lucky prick. Good for him, man. And good for Tom Kim. Like that's Kama, right? Like Tom Kim let him fucking win, get on the team and win. So Tom Kim's got some sort of gods fucking looking after him. I don't think that wrong, 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 wrong guy. That was Sanjay. Yeah, Sanjay got. And I don't even think Sanjay like let him win. I think they just won as the South Korean team. That's what I'm saying. So Tom, that's what I meant. So Tom Kim, because Siwoo played instead of Tom Kim. Okay. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So, so Tom let Siwoo take his place. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. So one of them are winning the Masters. Yeah, I would agree. Matt, what about perform. you? What's the long shot pick you like? Yeah, I honestly think this guy is going to be fairly popular come uh, Masters time, and that's to hit the gala guy. People love to bet. Top 10 here in his only appearance last year. And a golf course that fits his game perfectly, inaccurate off the tee, super creative on and around the greens, and can get hot with the iron. So they, this is literally Augusta is a great course for him, and obviously bigger stage than just the than just the golf course. But I think he'll close a lot lower than eighty to one. So what and his odds are eighty right now? Eighty, yeah, yeah, that's plus EV. like okay, yeah, for sure. No. Okay, yeah. So so Hith was going to be my pick for a lot of the reasons I said. So I'll go with something different here. Um, you know, Adam Scott started to play a little better second half of the year. Obviously, a great driver. The iron play started to play a little better, too. Um, you know, obviously, some great uh, success in at Augusta National. I don't think he's totally done and cooked yet, too. And I think he's hanging around like 100 to 1, 120 to 1. So um, I'll go with Adam Scott as the uh, the long shot pick, who I don't think is cooked. So I, I think he's cooked. And there's nothing more frustrating, as you know, than having money on Adam Scott to watch him fucking push a four foot putt right because he stinks and he uses the cheater putter. Fuck Adam Scott. Okay. Would right. you fuck him, Capper? I mean, maybe. How much money is he going to give me? He's rich. So that's fair. Know, like maybe. that, I think the money aspect of it, like, makes a 90 to yeah, 1 like, on Fagala on, on FanDuel. I, that's, that is like red hot plus EV. Um, okay. To me. All right. Uh, how about bonus selection? I'm going to catch you guys off guard. Oh. Favorite under 30 to one that misses the cut at the Masters. Oh, that misses the cut? Yeah. I mean, Ludwig's winning by like seven. <laughs> I already bet him at 14 to one um, just because I thought like there was some value there. Um, but he also could miss the cut. So I I'll go Ludwig there. Okay. Under 30, you said? Yep, Capper. I'll go Cam Smith. I'll go Cam, Cam Smith. Smith. Okay. All right. I'll go. I'll go Cantley. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go Hovland. I'm going to go all the attention. Is, is Hovland good at golf? He is, is he good at golf. He, he's good at golf, but I think there's going to be so much hype and attention around him this year coming in, and I think he's just going to fall flat on his face. So. Uh, Hovland will be my pick to miss the cut. All right. Why don't we take it our break and then we'll uh, finish off the rest of the three majors? 
All right. Well, listen, Hall of Fame bets. You got to win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research all your favorite sports and you bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame bets, revolutionary parlay, optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which ones got value. So stop betting in the dock and join over 30,000 researchers. Are researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven pilates. Download Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start research and start winning with Hall of Fame bets. Okay. So we are going to Valhalla Golf Club for the PGA Championship uh, in May this year. Um, so any, if you guys listen to the Inside Golf Podcast with Annie Lack and I, uh, we spend a lot of our time making fun of the actual golf club. And their just intention to try and shove Southern hospitality in Louisville completely down your throats by renaming all the whole names based on horse racing and bourbon. Uh, if you want kind of that shtick, go listen to that. But as far as this golf course goes, I mean, it's not one of my favorites. Um, it's a lot of holes where guys are hitting a lot of the same clubs off every tee box. Guys are hitting a lot of the same approach shots. Uh, it's Jack Nicholas. It has not gotten a whole lot of changes since the 2014 PJ Championship to now. Uh, they're the only thing they've really changed is they move back a couple tee boxes. But other than that, though, uh, there's a lot of really silly holes. I talked about that in my article this week. Uh, one hole in particular, number seven, just a really poorly designed hole. But overall, though, what you want to be looking for for this thing, uh, they had a agronomy change. Uh, they changed the fairway grasses from bent grass to zoysia. The hope is going to be if it is in May, the zoysia will play a little firmer which would benefit this tournament because when it was playing 2014, it was absolutely just rain soaked and waterlogged. And as soon as the ball hit the turf, it just stopped. Uh, the Zoysia might help the ball kind of roll a little bit more. Maybe the driving accuracy rates won't be quite as high as what they were in 2014. Maybe a little tougher driving tournament uh, golf course. But overall though, what you see is what you get at, at Valhalla. It's Jack Nicholas. Everything is right on front of you. It is target golf. It gives you one place to put it. And if you miss, you're probably going to get punished. And if you execute, then it's just on to the next shot there. Obviously, with the Nicholas Golf Course, favors a lot of fades. Uh, these are bent grass greens, not really a lot of creative, interesting green complexes either. Uh, as far as the types of shots you're going to be seeing here, uh, I tracked what Rory and Ricky Fowler did in their final round. Uh, each of them hit nine drivers uh, in the final round. Each of them hit five lesson drivers. And the holes that you were expecting them to hit lesson driver, they took an iron three with the holes you actually expect them to hit a driver. They took a driver. So a lot of homogeny at this golf course, uh, a lot of longer approach shots to uh, five shots or actually um, nine shots over 200 yards at Valhalla. Most on the par threes are a lot, some longer ones there, but some of the par fours also have forced layups off the tee where you hit just a long approach shot into the green there. Uh, only three shots under 150 yards. So to me personally, I think this is going to be one off the team with your long irons. Uh, you know, and that's kind of been what PJ championships kind of devolved into. So you think about, you know, your Oak Hills, Beth page blacks, you know, those types of PJ championship setups that we've seen recently, I think it's going to favor a lot of those similar types of guys of all the major championships. I think this one is the least likely to see a long shot winner, unless you have a lot of those particular skill sets, mainly, you're long, and you got really good long irons, but it's probably going to significantly reduce the field to maybe 10 to 12 guys who could actually win this thing, uh, and then you got to pick from there. So 
Uh, Matt, why don't I start with you? So favorite under 30 to one to win at Valhalla. Who are you picking? I'm going to go with a guy who has never won a major yet and kind of chose when he's in the moment, not Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, his buddy, uh, just kind of a complete golfer and a, a guy that's a golf, a golf course that's going to test your complete game. Xander does kind of that best, just pretty straightforward. What you see is what you get, like you said. So I'm going to go with the safe pick, Xander, around 20 to 1. Okay. All right, Brian, what about you? Yeah, so um, I bet this last summer. Um, I, you know, I, I think this is a golfer that I've identified well as to where they kind of play well and what type of courses they play best at. Um, just given the season he had last year, um, you know, a guy that I think is a, there's a very good argument that he's the best player, um, in the world right now. And that, that is Victor, Hovland, you know, I kind of think of Victor as a guy with his win at Memorial, with his win at BMW, um, with his runner-up finish at um, Oak Hill. These are all long, classical golf courses with thick rough, and that rewards long and straight off the tee. And I think that's exactly where Hovland has actually done well, and I think that this is a good spot for him. Um, my biggest concern, um, is that recently we've seen a lot of vets win this event. This isn't, hasn't been a breakout, um, event. Um, Colin Morikawa obviously won in, in 2020, but, um, in the past six years, you know, five of them have been, it wasn't their first major. So I don't really like that aspect for Vic, but I think that, you know, maybe you could look at it as, you know, a first time winner is due um, to win, as we've seen before um, at this event. You know, your White Yangs, your Jimmy Walkers, your your Jason Dufter. The PGA used to be um, the major where the, the first time winner would break out. But I think this is a perfect course fit for Hovland. And I feel great about the 22 to one I have. Um, I personally think 15 to one right now is a good bet. And, um, I feel very confident in my Hovland 22 to one ticket at the PGA championship. Capper, what about you? Yeah. Yeah. I think that if you got 22 to one, you should feel very nice and comfy with that. Like, I feel like it's going to be shorter than 15 uh, by the time it gets around. I, I love Hovland here for all the reasons you said the grass. He's great on those loads of grass here. Um, yeah, it's, uh, all signs point to Victor. Uh, he's going to win a major sooner rather than later. This seems exactly where he should win. We all know golf is that easy unless it's fucking Ricky at Detroit Country Club uh, at the Rocket Mortgage. So I'm with you with Hovland. Uh, I feel like the number's going to be short. I would not I, I would not hesitate to bet the 15-1, to 16-1, whatever we have right now, because if he's even remotely trending in the right direction, he's going to be 8-10-1 to 10 to 1 by the time he gets there. Okay. All right. Um, I mean, I can't really dispute Hovland. I mean, it's a fine pick for obviously everything that Kershaw said there. Same thing with Xander, too. Great driver, great long iron player. It's really going to play well here. Um, I mean, I'm going to go with John Rahm just because, listen, there's a lot of low Trader. I know he's a trader. Saudi. Listen, we're going to have two live guys win the first two majors and bring the pizza to me. So, obviously, you got Jack Nicholas connections, right? Rahm is a Confirmed one-time winner of the Memorial. And, uh, you know, to some people, he won twice. 
So there you go. There, he I did win fucking twice too. He did, and then and then COVID. Yeah, the libs took it away from him. <laughs> Goddamn <laughs> libs. I mean, if you want to talk about like you know your O kills, obviously didn't go well there, but like talk about like as golfers like Tory Pine, long and straight, you know, narrow, thick, rough. I mean, Rom is pretty good at that type of golf course there too. Uh, favors a fade. Rom hits a lot of fades. Long is straight off the tee. Tremendous long iron player. Complete game there. Uh, good bank rest putter. And again, I just think if, if you, when you get to a tournament where everyone's going to be hitting the same shots on every single hole, everyone hits the same approach shots, it's just going to come down to basically who's the best in the field. And Rom is, you know, obviously one of the best players in the world. So gun to my head right now, uh, given everything that kind of is lined up for him right there, uh, I'll just take Rom. Uh, to win the PJ Championship. I don't love the fact that he seems to not like the PJ of America. Uh, the only good performance I've seen him do well at the PJ Championship is about Bell Reeve. But mm-hmm. I think that actually kind of fits. Bell Reeve, I think, is kind of similar to what we're going to see at Valhalla. So uh, I'll go with Rom uh, to win it. Um, all right. Uh, Capper, why don't we go to you? What's a guy right now uh, on the odds board that you think will not be there by the time we get to the PJ Championship that you think can actually win this thing? So I guess just because I don't think he'll be there, he has such a strong correlation with Nicholas Golf Course. More coward, twenty-eight. I mean, everybody shits on him like he had a terrible fucking year. Um, and I guess technically, did he? He did, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he didn't really have a bad year. So yeah. I mean, twenty-eight to one, he should be he should be higher on the odds board than can't can't lay and Xander, no question. Um, so yeah, I guess 28 to one is more than fair. Um, I, I see it 32 at one spot too. So I think that's more than fair for fucking Morikawa with his history at these type of golf courses. Um, I don't know, what's, I mean, what, what the hell did he do at Oak Hill last year? Like, was he, I, I can't, it wasn't great, but was, uh, what I will say relevant. about the PGA, yeah. like versus the U S open, I think he obviously has a better chance to win the PGA. Like, yes, I hesitate with guys that are a little bit shorter at the U.S. Open, but yeah, I really think I think the PGA twenty-eight to one is a good bet. Honestly, I think like fucking seven guys can win the PGA. Like, you can kind of make a case for anybody um, at this course. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, listen, I like it. And, and Kyle says he, he can find a Kawa at thirty-three to one. I love that thirty-three yeah. to one at three six five. You guys have access to it. Go grab it. All right, Matt, how about you? Yeah, I'm going to go with a, a major winner who has won at a classical golf course before, and I think he will win another another major in the next year and a half, two years, and I'm probably higher on him than most. That's Matt Fitzpatrick at 40-1. to 1. Um, He's getting better by the season, it seems like, and once he gets that iron play going, which he has been, it's uh, solid. So I'm going to go with uh, Matt Fitz. Okay, Kershaw, how about you? So um, I bet um, just for the sake of the show, I bet a Bryson 66 um, over the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, you know, think Bryson is easily, without a doubt, a top seven golfer in the world. Um, right now, I think he's truly unbelievable. And I think he is the biggest person on live that I think his talent is maybe a little bit like underjudged and understated just how actually good a golf he is because he can hit a 320 in the center of the fairway every single time. He's a great iron player and he's a great putter um, as well. Um, the number on him right now, 36 to one, isn't great. And I think the live guys' odds are way less likely to fluctuate. But again, 
I can see him winning multiple times before the PGA Championship at fucking live Las Vegas or live Bangkok. So I think his odds will go down. And just for the sake of the show, I'll say Bryson here. Um, okay. Even though I don't think 36 to 1 is a, is a great number. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't mind that pick. Uh, I think the only thing for me is just seeing him boot around the memorial a bunch of times and him going to a Nicholas Turner golf course. Um, that's the one thing. I don't know exactly how Pino is going to be off the tee yeah. at this place. So if he just is spraying it, but, um, there's a max home of 46 to one on him. Love and it. I'm just, I'm, I'm just thinking, yeah, I'm just thinking like it's in May and his beginning yeah. of the season. So you got Riviera, Torrey Pines, you have Quail Hollow thrown in there. You'll have a lot of golf courses where max home can clip off another win. So that number might not be there. And, you know, riding the momentum from the Ryder cup, uh, you know, as the best player, the really the only guy to really show up for the U.S. Uh, team that week. He also finally, finally got kind of not. He wasn't in the mix of the Open, but he actually put together four solid rounds at that point at a tournament I didn't really expect him to actually do much at. So the fact that you know he finally got that top ten at an, at a major championship, it's a golf course where he's been you know. Released the last six months has been excellent off the tee. He's got an improving iron game too, especially from long distance. Hits a fade as well. A couple top tens at the Memorial. So there's some Jack Nicholas connections there. Um, at 46 to one, I mean, if Homa wins something within the first three months, that number's not going to be there. And I think he actually does stand a good shot to win uh, the PGA based on his skill sets. I so. love it. Like, I, I truly think he, I, I am not someone that just, blindly bet someone at every major but i personally think at his current age max homa is a great bet just to blindly bet right now at every single major because i truly think he will win a major this year and i think that and also his odds are just very attractive right now being a top 10 player in the world and Mm. someone that will win a major in his career so i personally love it yeah, I mean, you win if you win Riviera, you win Torrey Pines, you win Quail Hollow, you win a major championship venue, especially something like this is very straightforward, narrow, like exactly like those places. So if he can do yeah. it there, he can do it here. So, uh, all right, long shot pick. Uh, Kershaw, let's swing it back to you. Uh, what's a guy? So I, actually, I actually really like this pick, and you know, my kind of juices are flowing getting back into the golf season. Um, first round leaders, like it's it's getting me riled up. So Let's this go. is a guy that is a is I think is on the first round leader card for every single major um, this season. I think is a golfer that's very talented, extremely talented, in my opinion, top thirty player in the world. World knows how to win. Ryan Fox, one ninety to one PGA Championship. I love it. I might bet it just because I want to bet all the long shots on this show because. I genuinely really think that he has a chance to contend and top five in a major and at one ninety to one. I mean, this is a guy that's won the, you know, the toughest field on the DP world tour. He's extremely long off the tee. Um, you know, he, you know, mixed um, at Oak Hill last year. Ryan Fox is mispriced at 190 to one. I like it with an each way, obviously, but he is my favorite long shot at the PGA championship this year. Yeah. I got a Ryan Fox take coming later too. So I like that call. Brian. Yeah, no Foxy at the majors. He's going to, he's going to do something. Bauhoff is fucking has 
poisoned your guys' brains. With I don't even. I don't even think he's a foxy guy. Like I don't know if he's a Fox guy. Uh, he's a good Ryan Fox, good player. That's that's he's that, good. I, go. I, I like that pick. I yeah. like it. Uh, yeah. Capper, Capper, what about you? Uh, so I was initially just going to stay on brand and go Keegan, but you brought up live guys. What about Mito? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I mean, he'll he'll probably get an. I mean, he's not in right now, but he'll get an invite because the PJ of yeah. America invites like fifty guys to fill out their field. Yeah, and. Man, like he was on the right trajectory up until fucking eighteen at wherever Whitey Bulger killed that guy in Oklahoma. Uh, it was actually John Monterano who pulled the trigger, not Whitey Bulger. He just ordered it. Um, but man, like that swing is still, still just sticks in my brain as one of the most painful fucking moments that I've witnessed in golf like the guy just lit himself on fire um but listen his skill set should fit here the like i said the problem with live guys we have no idea what's coming in we got no strokes game data but listen 150 to one his pedigree and and how he should be is way better than fucking half to 75 percent of the guys below him so 150 to one i'll roll with Mito instead of keegan keegan's already won a pga um so okay all right matt how about you all right, so last year we saw a talented golfer who was really good off the tee and really good at putting figure his irons out and win a major. So I'm going to go that same route and bet a more talented golfer, a younger golfer in Min Woo Lee, who is super, super talented mm, off it. the tee, super, super yeah. talented on and around the greens, but has a problem with his irons. And I'm not saying he's going to figure it out, but we've seen the blueprint of guys with that narrative figure that part of their game out. So Min Lee has all the talent in the world. Can he figure out his irons? Sure. So at 80 to one, um, I'm down. Okay. All right. Uh, Capper mentioned one Chilean that he liked. I'll mention the other Chilean uh, who I have a lot of respect for. Joaquin Neiman, uh, 80 to one, just okay. premier driver, great long iron player, just one you know, down in Australia here. And I just think his raw talent, I think he's got a high ceiling. He hasn't really put together in majors, but I think with, all the talent in the world that that kid possesses. Uh, there's no reason why he can't do well. Not just this golf course, but a lot of major venues. So um, I'll go with Joaquin Neiman, 80 to one there. Love it. Okay. All right, let's move on to Pinehurst. So this was the scene of the 2014 U.S. Open. This got a renovation from Corn Crunchaw, and I think around 2010. Uh, this was a Tom Fazio. Basically, it was, it was originally Donald Ross. Had a couple iterations over the years. The last one was from Tom Fazio. Basically, he made it narrow and a lot of rough. And Corin Crenshaw said, let's turn back the clock. Let's make it what it was. So basically what they did was they restored all the fairways to its original widths, you know, 40, 50 yards wide. And off the fairways, you got sandy waste areas. And if you hit it into it, if you, if you watch the 2014 US Open, you can see a lot of this where, you know, sometimes you'll hit it in the area and you're in a little bush and you got to take a penalty stroke and that is. Or... You know, you can be like Eric Compton on hole number one, just completely with it all the way to the right. And you, lo and behold, you get up to your ball. It's on a nice little sand patch there, kind of teed up. And so you're just fine there. So you're playing a little bit of luck, you know, if you hit miss a fairway. But because it's 40, 50 yard wide fairways, you're not missing a whole lot of fairways there. You know, I think the drive actually rate was about 68, 70% that week. Now, they played really firm back in 2014. Uh, one of the things the USGA has been saying for this tournament, they want to maybe make it a little greener this time around. I think maybe they don't want Donald Trump, the original golf course sucks guy on Twitter, saying this golf course looks like a cow pasture in my public uni. 
So maybe they'll want to appease him and actually make it a little greener. But if it does play as firm as fast, I think it's going to be a very fun uh, golf course. I think of the other three majors besides Augusta National, this is by far the best golf course you're going to go to. Now, the one thing I actually was wondering, because 2014, all I remember really back then was it was a complete runaway. Martin Keimer put it away on Friday. Nothing really else mattered at that point. But I remember just hearing about Pinehurst and, you know, what people say about it. You got to have a lot of shots around the green, basically, because these greens are really slick. They're turtle back. There's a lot of runoffs um, and there's a lot of really weird areas you can end up in. Like, so, for example, you got to be able to take it upstairs if you have to, or you got to do a bump and run or maybe you can pull putter sometimes. So when I was handicapping this tournament and looking at it originally, I was just assuming, okay, well, these got probably most of the guys in the top 10 were just really good around the green, really creative, kind of like you like an Augusta National type vibe. Mm-hmm. Well, when you actually dig into it, all those guys pretty much sucked around the green heading in. The average strokes gain around the green breaking for all those guys in the top 10, you know, your Keimers, Keegan Bradleys, DJ, all those guys was 114 heading into that tournament. And I started thinking, why was this? Well, one thing they mentioned on the telecast, and specifically the top of Martin Keimer, is that because there's shaved areas around the greens, if you're in the right spot, you can putt from off the green from pretty much anywhere. Kind of like what you can at TPC Sawgrass a little bit, where you know, there's a lot of low, you know, runoffs, but you can putt from off the green. Uh, you don't have to actually, you know, hit a wedge off it like at some other places. Um, you know, and another thing too is good approach shots are really rewarded at Pinehurst, and bad approach shots are really not rewarded. So that tended to favor a lot of better iron players, which most of that top ten was. And for example, um, on hole number I think eight, it's a hundred. It was a hundred seventy-five yard par three uh, back in 2014. Uh, within two groups, you had Graham McDowell step up. And how you want to attack the hole that day, basically there was a sideboard over on the left and you want to hit it over to that area. And then if you hit it right to the right distance. It would funnel back towards the hole. Well, Grant McDowell hit it about 172 yards, little too far left and the ball rolled all the way off the green. And then Zach Johnson came a couple groups later, hit it about 176, a little closer, you know, it was still about 20 feet from the pin. It rolled in for an ace. And you see a lot of that at Pinehurst where, you know, you got to hit, be precise with your irons. It's very small targets. Uh, Henrik Stenson on his opening hole hit it to win 10 feet uh, and the ball ended up rolling off the green. So it really turned into more of an iron contest instead of an around the green contest. And what I noticed with a lot of those guys coming into Pinehurst was guys that were trending really well with their irons tend to do the best of week. So Eric Compton, you know, surprise of everybody. He was actually hitting his irons really good that year. Same thing Martin Keimer. Uh, DJ was starting to hit his irons a lot better. Um, Keegan, obviously, really good ball striker. So, you know, I think one of the narratives might be just because people play Pinehurst a lot and they might say, well, you got to be really good around the green. It's really going to come down to, you know, how good you are with your irons. Can you avoid getting those areas? Because how often are you actually like practicing some of those shots around the green? Like, how often are, they, are you shipping off a of tight Bermuda, doing bump and runs, all this stuff? And watching back in 2014, like if you missed a green, it was really difficult. I saw a lot of guys blade chip shots, even really good scramblers too. So um, as far as what you actually are doing, it's the club choices, a lot of driver, obviously really wide fairways. Everything's pretty right on front of you too. So um, uh, Martin Keimer hit 12 drivers in the final round, only two less than driver. Uh, as far as proximity shots back then, I mean, it was 7,500 yards. The guys were a lot shorter then. I think probably half your shots are going to come from over 175, but you know, about seven shots between 125, 175, especially if you place firm. So you got to have a lot of diverse skill sets in the bag. You got to be comfortable hitting driver a lot too. So, um, I'm, you know, for my picks, 
It's mostly guys who are like are comfortable hitting driver, pretty good iron players. I don't really care about how they do around the green because obviously in 2014 it didn't really matter. I'm not saying that's a negative. Like if you want to pick a guy who's really good around the green, or like I think a Reed or a Cam Smith can do well here for obvious reasons, but um, it doesn't exclude you out basically. So that was kind of what I was looking for uh, with Pinehurst this year. So uh, Matt, how about I throw it to you? Uh, how about a guy under 30 to one that you like to win the U S open at Pinehurst? So I'm going to go with a guy who is going to be uber popular at the PGA championship. I'm hearing it from outside of just this circle here. Um, Victor Hovland is, as I is going to be very popular at the PGA simple flop lag ball striking. I can totally see him not flaming out, but just not winning the PGA championship. And people are like, not going to go back to him right away and winning the U S open. You mentioned the ball striking, uh, more important than around the greens. And I totally agree with you at this golf course. So we know how well Victor does that. And he does kind of struggle with chipping and that kind of feeds into what you were just saying. So Victor at 20 to one, throw in the flop leg. Cause I think he's going to be very popular. So I'm going to do that. Strokes gain first time major winner. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Go. All right. Kirshner, what about you? Yeah. So I think the U S open um, over the past couple of years has been very predictable and it's kind of been like, oh, we've had all these different courses and a straight up bomber has won. And it didn't really matter the course. In my opinion, in 2024, you have to be a bomber to win um, the U.S. Open. And you also have to be a first time major winner. Um, you know, I think going back to 2000, like I think 15 of the last 23 have been first time major winners um, at the U S open. So I really like that trend. It's not really a vet um, winner like the PGA championship has been. And, you know, I think it, the last two U S open winners are, are very telling. Um, they are both, guys that their biggest strength is off the tee. They're two guys that were known as losers going into um, their season. Um, Guys that, you know, you just wouldn't expect to actually win a U.S. Open, but had unbelievable years, kind of breakout years. Um, So a guy that fits all of that for me and I think is capable of winning a major um, is Cam Young at 50 to one. Do I think Cam Young sucks? Yes. Do I think that, you know, he's a loser that just fired his caddy? Yes. I don't think he's going to win. I'm not betting it right now. I have the winner for this event, by the way, but I think he just fits all of the trends that I've kind of really liked for this event. Bomber, first time major winner, loser that, Hasn't broken out yet. So I like Kev Young. All right. You guys are killing me. Matt Hoblin is going to be my pick for under 30 to 1. Brian, so, uh, Young. You got to start going first, then. You got to start going first. Listen, I, I like putting our guests out first. I mean, that's what we do as hosts of this show. So now I got to think that's about right. two, guys, two replacement guys I should make a case for in about so, a minute because, Capper, you're going to take a minute to do your thing. And then I got to yeah. talk. So. Mine is mine for every reason that, that BK said Cam Young. We're forgetting about the biggest loser who was a great all-around golfer. Rory? Who, who has not won a major. Xander. Xander has yeah. not won a major. He's a great all-around golfer. He is fucking long off the tee. 
No one's going to be on his odds. I think are like shorter than 20 on this one versus the 28 at PGA. This should fit Xander and Xander is softer than baby shit. Like a horrible, like I, I, I'm not a Xander guy. Like I wasn't then I kind of was now I'm definitely back off. Uh, but I just think everything for the trends wise fits him. Like it really does. Like I think Xander can absolutely do this. He's a jack of all trades. He's not the best at any one thing, but he is good or great at everything. Uh, and I really think it will. I, I really think Xander is a great pick for this course. Okay. All right. Well, since Xander is going to be my backup pick, then I'm just going <laughs> to I, 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 Holland's going to win the U.S. Open. Right. Uh, he's going to he's going to bomb out at least Let's one go. of the Masters or the PGA. Everyone's got the high expectations. He's going to get off him. Maybe he flames out of Memorial defending that tournament. But um, listen, like you know, obviously a great ball striker. You know, he's been improved around the green, but hasn't been. Still not his forte, but you know, I, I think of him in places like concession or TBC Sawgrass with tight lies around the green where he can putt, where people are like, all right, well, can he actually do it? And I, I think the US Open, um, where you know, maybe he gets a little steam off him, uh, that's where he's gonna get his first major. So and it, it's Stroke Scan first time major winner. And he's yeah. a bomber. Like I, I understand it and I feel like I need to have it because it makes more sense because He's a first-time major winner and bomber, and he sucks around the green. Yep, there you go. All right, uh, let's go to Capper first. What's a guy uh, you think is going to have better odds by the time we get to the major or get to the U.S. Open than what they are right now? DJ? DJ? Yeah. So that's an that's a interesting pick. What's interesting. There? So I think DJ is going to end up having longer odds. Like, he just is. Like, he doesn't... Everybody here knows he does not give a shit. Like he is perfectly happy with his life, with his yachts and Paulina and the kids and all his toys and all that shit. Wait, longer odds or shorter odds? He's going to have short. longer odds. He's at twenty-eight right now. No, short. Uh, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, shorter okay, odds. My bad. My bad. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, now then. My sorry, my dog's going nuts still. Okay. That's that's the correct odds. take though. That's the correct take though. What you said. I agree. Yeah, I think I think so. I guess I'll just go to my value pick for DJ. Like I feel like he's going to fall a little. It down the board and all the reasons that like I liked him up in up at Oak Hill and the other like I can just close my eyes and I can picture DJ strutting down the fucking fairway after just knocking the piss out of the ball not giving a shit being able to drain those pots like DJ's got one coming this year I really feel like that's the case I feel like maybe these live guys are going to start pushing them pushing each other a little bit between Brooks DJ Cam Smith, like, I feel like these guys are going to start, and Ron, especially, like, I feel like it's going to heighten the competition of these guys because, listen, they're all alpha dogs. They might have took the money and they're fat, dumb, and happy now, but I'm a shit golfer and I go out with my buddies and there's fucking $20 on the line or some sort of pride on the line. My comp, my competitive streak kicks up. Like, I am ridiculously competitive and these guys are that times fucking 100. So, I think they bring Ron over and Brooks starts to get some theme in the beginning of the year and they're starting to put together some good performances in majors. DJ is the type of guy who can come out and just mushroom print everybody on in the fucking field and go take the US Open. I really feel that. Okay. All right, Matt, how about you? What's the value pick right now? Um exactly what you guys said in the about the PJ championship about Max Homa. I second I think he gets a win earlier in the season, but we're in North Carolina. He's won here before. 
He's one in Maryland as well. He knows this part of the country. He plays well in this part of the country. So that's, but like I said, what, like what you guys said before, everything he's going to win early. He's yeah. 40 to one here. So like, why not? So I, I agree with you guys there too. Like I'm down, but I just went with this one because it's in North Carolina. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree. I fully agree. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think home is a good pick, but you know, solid case. There. All right, Kirshner, what about you? Long shot? Uh, value play. Cameo. I think it'll be lower. I think. I think. Okay. All right. So, 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 all right. So, that was your favorite to win and then your value pick. Okay. All right. So, yeah. I mean, Cameo was going to be my value pick because, unlike what my co host said here, he's never going to win. But if he does win, yes, he's, he not gonna be, he's not going to be gonna his win. price. It is, if he does win, he's not going to be the price. If he does well at the PGA or the Masters, he's not going to be at this price either because, you know, listen, he's no, that's well that's a lot of majors. People are like, okay, they're going to get excited for him. And listen, he's going to hit a lot of drivers and he's already done well at a golf, you know, at a major with a lot of some, some wider uh, fairways too, with Southern Hills too, with some runoffs as well. But since Kershaw already made the, the case for Cam Young, I'll go with Minwoo Lee here. Uh, that's my backup. So, right. I mean, obviously the iron play leaves a lot to be desired, but. If I see him trending with the iron play, I'll be a little more memorable because he has everything else that I'm looking for for the U.S. Open winner. Really long off the tee. I mean, look, like I said that, you know, has to be really good around the green here, but he's actually really, he has to be pretty good in that area. So I'm not going to knock him for it. So if I see improved iron play from him, and I think given his talent, what he's been doing this fall, he definitely could, you know, go out and win one of these PG Tour events. Uh, he might be someone at 80 to 1 uh, that might be a lot lower. Uh, especially because he's a popular guy, probably more around like maybe 50, 55 to one by the time we get the U.S. Open. So, all right. What about a long shot pick? Uh, Kirshner, what about you, buddy? Yeah. So, like doing this, this is the pick that I feel most confident in. And this is the most like calling your shot. Um, like, I think this could be a real memorable. Um, one for me, but I think to, to fully, you know, grasp this pick, you think you have to think about who Wyndham Clark was last summer. Wyndham okay. Clark was na- l- top 120 in the world. He was like ranked 125th in the world. This is a guy that was like 80 to 90 to one in dog shit field. This was not a good golfer and he's the reigning U S open champion. So, and he just elevated himself this year and he's a bomber and he's a good putter. So like, that's kind of the vibe I'm going with. It's not an unbelievable number to be honest, but my favorite pick of this whole major cycle, Cam Davis, 150 to one at the U S open. It is a bomber. It is. No, we're betting it. Like (laughs) it's a fucking unbelievable pick bomber loser. Like never really won on the PGA tour can absolutely elevate his game. Cam Davis is a really good golfer. He has a ceiling of top 20 player in the world. If Wyndham Clark can do it, he is a better golfer than Wyndham Clark was. Last year, strokes gain Australia at Pinehurst. He played well this summer. Like, this is a guy that made it to BMW. He was close to the um, tour championship. He played well in the fall. 
I love this pick. Love this pick, Cam Davis, 150 to one. All right, I, I'm going to jump in here because you guys have been all taking my picks. I haven't even really had to like give up. <laughs> really? Did you like Cam? Cam Davis, my favorite pick, uh, over 100 to one. <laughs> so for all the reasons you no, said, if you if you said Cam Davis, I would have freaked out. He's, like, a, lo- he, so he's a loser, but I think his ceiling is a lot higher. Than what it is, he's shown flashes of really good iron play, so that's trending coming in. That works. Obviously, you got the firm and fast Australian connection, long off the tee. Um, I, I think that's a guy who he had kind of like what I talked about with Joaquin Neiman. Like, there's no reason with his skill sets he can't do well in major championships. So, and he was just kind of in the mix at Oak Hill. Yes, got got that little major experience up towards the top of the leaderboard out, out of his system. Sometimes that follows, like you know, a win after that. So. Uh, Nuke. I'll, Nuke. I, I will co-sign Cam Davis 150 to one. Cap, I'm I love that. Right All right, Capper, what about you? So I was torn between two losers as well. Uh, I do like the Cam Davis one. Maybe I can get behind that one. Okay. I think I'm going to go Woodland. <laughs> the, no, so here's the thing. And again, no beef. But yeah. you have to think of some golfers as like they're one major guys. Gary Woodland is yeah, I know, I know. of a one know. major guy. I know. Yeah, all right, fine, fine. You know what? You know, you're hundred percent right. There's no way Woodland is a two time fucking major winner. I'll go with the other loser I was gonna go with in Keith Mitchell. Uh absolute, bomber, absolute, love it, bomber, love it, love absolute it. bomber, pedigree of a golfer. Um, I dig his post games. Uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, listen, you can do a hell of a lot worse for 125 to one. You got Berger down there, Harmon down there, Hoagie. Like, listen, Mitchell can bomb it, and he can get hot, man. He went toe to toe with fucking Rom and almost fucking and almost dug it out. So, um, yeah, I uh, I think Mitchell at 125 to one is is, is better than Woodland. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brian. Thank you. Okay. All right, Matt. How about you? All right, so I'm going to put this out there, and there is absolutely no reason that this guy should be 130 to 1 ahead of Mito, Russell Henley, all the guys you're naming. Like, these are bad odds, but the books know you play Taylor Moore in red states. Ooh. He has not had <laughs> a finish worse than 22nd in North Carolina in his career. Is, 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 it, is it North Carolina a purple state now? Can it go North back Carolina has now? voted Republican since 1980. Kind of weird now. Okay. So we are, uh, I did hear that though, but it's a simple handicap and everyone knows it. You play Taylor Moore in red state. Just scroll on his Twitter one time and you yeah. don't got to go any further than that. So we're going to lock that in now. And again, <laughs> like I it. said, if Wyndham Clark can win the U.S. Open, anybody can win the U.S. Open. Like wow. I don't think yeah, he's, people a, he's realize one of, he's one of the, how he's one of the far red state conspiracy guys too, isn't he? What is it? Wyndham, one of the red state conspiracy guys too. Oh, like he's a, a huge guy. red state. Guy. Yeah, like Jan Smith yeah. But yeah, no. But like, I don't think people realize how inconceivable it is if you said in January of 2020 that Wyndham right. Clark was going to win the U.S. Open. No. Like, it's the same as all these guys. Well, I think that's a good transition to the next one because if Brian Harmon can win it open. Uh, I think anybody can win an open. I had him. Brian, you did. Had him. Kudos to you. And you apparently are the open whisperer because you had Cam Smith at St. Andrews. Yeah. And you My ROI at the, the Open Championship is insane. Over it's pretty good. <laughs> and despite some mushing, I think, from my co-hosts here, uh, and maybe you took a little bit on Twitter, too. Uh, you were dodging some stuff with Brian Harden. I don't think Kevin mushed it. I didn't mush him. 
You might have, but you, you might have. Okay. So, well, anyways, but let's not forget that Gannon had Jason Day at ninety to one, and he finished second, which was that like almost as impressive. That's a good call. And so, we had a head-to-head matchup on those two, which yeah, was even I mean, more you, wild. You, you could think. If, if I was going to mush Brian, it would be directly to Brian. It certainly wouldn't be on Twitter. I think you actually sent a message to him, and Brian was not so happy about that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But he was like fucking six strokes up with like three holes to go, and he was being like my type. Yeah, of that's fair. Like, right, that's fair. But relax. still, okay. you, you right, understand. Right. Okay. You have, you have bills to pay. Anyways, so we're going to Royal Troon. And obviously this, or not obviously, but this is an open that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, I don't know shit about this golf course. Not a fucking well, I'm about thing. to t- I'm about to tell you. So my boy, Henry Stenson won. I had a 40 to one that year. One of the OG original, you know, major wins. He had him. <laughs> I had him way back in the day. But what was great about that win was because everybody was pulling behind Phil. He was the crowd favorite. Everybody wanted him to win and no one wanted Henry Stenson to win as, as a Huge Henrik Stenson stand. I've seen so many Sunday collapses from that motherfucker that as soon as he three-putted the first hole, I'm like, well, this is a wrap. Like, Phil's going to win by six. And for whatever reason, he just kept hitting putts. Um, So one of my favorite majors, at least in hindsight, not a great golf course as I re-reviewed it. But um, I think one of the things to keep in mind, obviously with the Open Championship, trying to handicap that right now, difficult. Uh, This is a good example of it. Half the field was completely wiped out b- based on a wave split. Uh, I think Billy Horschel went 68-80. Cool. Uh, Checks and, out. Uh, between yeah. uh, you know, the first and second day. And actually, it created the fir- the original hack eight, where by the end of this round, he was completely in don't-give-a-fuck mode. Turned his hat backwards, and that people just lost their mind uh, on golf. golf people back back when I was on Twitter, at that point, people lost their mind with that. But... You know, it's also a tough one to handicap just looking in hindsight because, well, it was a two-horse race. What's really to, you know, really, you know, get from it? There was no strokes gain. So, but looking back at the footage, you know, there's a couple of things you can basically look for. I mean, th- this is a golf course that, um, you know, back then it was short. They've lengthened it a little bit. They've added some tee boxes. So, I'm going to estimate they're adding about 150 yards in length. It's going to play about 7,300 yards, about what the last couple Open Championships have been, last couple of years. Um, but this is a golf course where it does discourage you from pulling driver. And it's for a couple of reasons. Number one, kind of like at Royal Liverpool last year, if you are in these pop bunkers, it's a one stroke penalty and all of them funnel towards it. So uh, it's really important to kind of tiptoe your way away around the, uh, the golf course around these pop bunkers. That actually explains uh, um, you know, a lot of the tee uh, shot selections for these guys. There's also a lot of gorse, a lot more than Royal Liverpool, especially towards the back half of this property. Uh, and it's on both sides, so it's really close to the fairway. Uh, Boston Capper, uh, your boy Thomas Peters, uh, one of his best gifts uh, in his history, one of his best club snaps <laughs> in history, fired two in the gorse off the tee, and then he took a Love drop, uh, hit it his fifth shot, uh, snapped his club immediately, threw both into the gorse, and then the ball actually rolled to about 10 feet. Uh, beautiful thing. Yeah, it, it was great. Ron move. Ron yeah. like move. Ex- exactly. That fucking cocksucker. But Gorse is definitely all over. And I, I think just because it was really rainy that year, whatever rough they had off the fairway, it was nasty. It was thick. It was it was just really just it, it was a different grass, I think, that I've really seen there. So you didn't really want to beat it. It wasn't like the wispy stuff you see at like St. Andrews or anything. So uh look at what Stenson filled in the final round. Obviously, Stenson uses three wood almost everywhere. So him using three wood a lot, 
kind of fits. But Phil, you know, back this is when he start he wasn't using driver a whole lot. He only pulled he still only pulled driver five times out of fourteen par fours and five, uh, fours and fives. Uh, pulled three with twice, seven uh, tee shots with iron though, and that's identical as Stenson. It was a lot of positional golf, a lot of tiptoeing. As far as the type of uh, approach as they had in the greens, it was mostly pretty much through the bag. Uh, I'm estimating they're going to hit about six shots from under 150, seven from between 150 and 200, and five shots from over 200. So got to have a complete iron game. This is not going to be huge driver tests. It's going to be kind of like, you know, you got to think a little differently. It's not going to be, you know, a, a, you know like a, a sprint race. It's going to be kind of more like a marathon, go grinder. That's kind of be... You know, the type of golfer I'm kind of looking for uh, to win this open. And obviously, it depends on the weather, too. So, um, Capper, why don't we start with you? Well, no, why don't we start with you? I don't know. Wait, I'm can really I ask talking. Steve some questions? Yeah, I was sure. going to, I want to know. Ask me, ask away. Tomorrow. So, because yeah. again, like as people know, I, I'm a golf sicko and I, I always look at, you know, recent results and shit. So, Stenson, he has. At least on Fantasy National, is two starts before the Open were a miscut at the Players and a miscut at the Wells Fargo. Was he in good form on like the Euro Tour leading yeah. in? Yeah, he I think was. He won, yeah, I think he won in uh, like the maybe the Scandinavian event. Okay. Yeah, he, he he started to play a lot better. And it, like if you go to Data Golf, like he'll have all his, all his results there. They have the Euro okay. Tour stuff. Yeah, he was playing a lot better. His iron game was definitely trending, and and actually he started okay. to get a hot putter coming in too. He started to okay. a lot better. All right, so that that fits into to kind of my overall thoughts. And the other thing that I see on Fantasy National, and this is something I'm kind of a sicko for, is like how many strokes gain did a golfer gain when they actually won the tournament? Because again, as you know, like six, fifteen to eighteen is like very good. That's like you actually won, and that's like a really good win. Fifteen to eighteen. It's saying he gained 28 strokes to the field. Is Wait, that but, real? Oh, yeah, it's real. I mean, so that has, is that the greatest win in PGA Tour history, gaining 28 strokes to the field? Like, <laughs> what did Ty, like, in the modern strokes gain era, 28 strokes to the field? I mean, I, 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 I would probably say, I would probably say Tiger at Pebble, but they didn't have strokes the, gained. Well, they, you can still calculate total strokes gained. It just whatever your difference between the average score and what you did. So they just didn't have it by category. But 28 20. strokes to the field was fucking banana. Oh, it's huge. It, yeah. So Stenson finished 20 under. Phil Nicholson finished 17 under. Do you guys know who finished third in 2016? JB Holmes. JB Holmes is six under. Oh, the fucking human goddamn <laughs> Uh Steve Stricker minus five. Rory minus four. Hat minus four. Sergio minus four. Uh, Beef Johnston. This was his uh, coming out party minus three. So. Yeah, how old was Had when he finished fourth? He was, he was like, a young buck. Yeah, he was, he was a young guy back then. So that's the problem with trying to look at this tournament is you have two guys yeah. who just completely separate, which really entertaining weekend, by the way, when they were just focused on those guys. And both those guys were playing awesome. But it was really just everybody else at that point. So, but yeah. You like, can't you take away from 20, 20 that year because of the weather. No, you can't. You can, you can really only look at what club choice selections they have and what types of shots they're going to hit. And it did seem like if you did miss greens at this place, like there's a lot of runoff areas. Obviously, there won't be a pop bunker. So, and one thing I know, like Sensen and Phil were just hitting a ton of greens that week. I think this is what really separated them. Even with like some, you know, they, they didn't have the, the best weather, 
like on the weekend, but they are still playing great. So that's really going to kind of come down to is just, you know, solid iron game uh, through the bag. Don't have to rely on the driver a whole lot. Conservative plotting those types of guys. So do you guys want me to go first? Yeah. yeah. Go so conservative plotting. Harmon. Fuck Harmon. That, yes, I can't Harman. believe that cocksucker actually won a fucking major. Harmon. By six. By six, by the by way. Six. Six. Yeah, I get it. Uh, BK, I know you're happy with the fucking money in your bank account, but you can't possibly be happy that Brian Harmon won the fucking over. He has the same name as me. He's the greatest Brian athlete of all time. He said what? He has the same name as me. He is the greatest Brian athlete of all time. Why wouldn't I root for the success of another Brian? Because that's a really stupid reason to root for somebody. <laughs> okay. Like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. All right. And look, and I, 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 now, now I'm gonna have to think about it. There's no way Brian Harmon is the best athlete with the name Brian. Fucking Fuck, Brian Voitano is a better athlete than fucking Brian Harmon. Is he one of major by six strokes? Do you know <laughs> Brian Voitano even is? No, and he sucks then. He's a goddamn figure skater who's a better athlete than fucking Brian Harmon. How do you know okay. figure skating? What do you mean? I grew up watching the Winter Olympics because I, when I was a kid, we had four fucking channels, and the Olympics is the only thing you worried about. It's fucking amazing. Okay. Anyways, if we're trying to handicap right now, not knowing what the weather is going to be, I'm basically just gravitating towards a guy who's been really good in a lot of different types of opens. Uh, a guy who, if you don't have to rely on driver a whole lot, because I don't have a lot of confidence with the driver a lot because he can get squirrely. Um, if he's trying really well with the irons getting hot there, which I've seen him do a couple of years ago ahead of uh, St. George, where he almost won uh, speech 25 to one, just because I know he's adaptable at different type of opens. I think he's going to win another Claire jug at some point. So I'll take him with a gun to my head right now, but there's better guys. I like down the board at this point. Okay. So, uh, Kershaw, why don't we go to you? There's one guy under 30 to one. You like, yeah, I mean, he's not under 30 to one. Um, but I like Homa again. Like I said, I think that he's going to win a major this year. I think 40 to one is a really good price. Um, top 10 at the open last year. Um, he, he's a great driver. And I think that this course doesn't, you know, necessarily make you an unbelievable driver. But again, I, I don't want to go on an aside, but again, I put a lot of work into who win majors and shit like that. And there's no way we can know it now. But a lot of guys that win the majors that are like longer shots that are not, you know, top 10 players in the world just came in in unbelievably hot form. So I think that's something to definitely look out for. And it happened again with Harmon. It's just mid-tier guys that are in unbelievable form. Um, Zach Johnson, kind of a random major winner. Six at the Travelers, third at the John Deere before he won. Francesco Molinari won the Quicken Loans by like eight. Second at the John Deere, won the Open. Even Lowry, um, third at the Heritage, eighth at the PGA, second at the Canadian Open, 28th at the U.S. Open, and then won the Open. So I think that's just something to look out for, um, is that a lot of these mid-tier guys that win – are just in great form, even though they might be someone you not might not think are you know unbelievable players, one-time major winners, as I like to call them. So that's just a trend I would like to point out. So basically, we should pay attention to lots of the travelers, Rocket Mortgage, John Deere, Scottish Open heading. Yeah, like someone just coming in with unbelievably hot form that might not be 
unbelievable at golf. Like just that's fair. to win. That's fair. That's fair. So, um, Capra, what about you? What's Sorrell? He's a grinder. Okay. Why not? I mean, he's, I mean, he, he should be a major winner, right? Like if you think of Terrell Haddon, like he should be a should major he? guy. He's never even yeah. won on the PGA tour. He has, but not. he has, he won Bay Hill, but it wasn't real. But, uh, you, you fucking just back Tommy Fleetwood. I had a 35 to one that week. No, I didn't. No, I did not. I you said, I said you, that his odds would though. be lower. My bank account says it was real. I had had that week. So you had had exactly. Yeah. yeah. Bay Hill. Yeah. And then COVID hit and then like the world went to shit. Well, where was I was that week? I think it was, I think I'm at 35 that week. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what, yeah. Right, either so way, fucking Hatton's fucking wins over on Euro Tour all the time. Um, yeah, I, I can see him being a major winner. Fucking Brian Hammond can win. Anybody can goddamn win. Okay. Can I, can I make, can I call it my shot right now? I think Hatton's going to be the most popular major uh, pick for this one. Uh, really? In July. Yeah, because he top 10 there. Top 10 there in 2016. Everybody loves to bet Hatton. And, you know, I don't think, I think he's probably going to think Pinehurst is too unfair for him. And he's got no shot at Valhalla. <laughs> and so people are like, all right, well, Had's going to be my pick for this one. All right. So, all right. All right. Matt, what about you? All right. I'm going to go with a golfer that the masses have officially confirmed cannot win again. That's Rory McIlroy, the shortest guy I'm going to go with, 10 to 1. T5 here last year. Love uh, yeah. I'm going to go with Rory's pretty simple handicap. Okay. All right. Uh, Capper, one way to throw it to you. What's a value pick? A guy you think uh, won't be at his current odds by Tommy at the Open? So, I was going to go Lowry, but he's 30. One major guy. I don't think I can see Lowry nope. being a two major guy. Man. Nope. He has one PGA Tour, and it's not going to be a two major guy. I mean, I would agree I with that. I feel like he can be a two major guy. Either way. All right, so think of his Wikipedia page. Is Lowry having two majors on the Wikipedia page? Yeah, I believe he does. And I might, yeah. I might have a spot, soft spot for my... That's because you're Irish. That countryman, exactly. Um, what? A, God, this sounds so fucking stupid because this is guy can't fucking win either. Love but Sunjay at 65? Okay. He'll, he'll close he it. Could he'll be close in t- he could be in good form leading in. I think he'll close around there. Like, I feel like Sungjae's always around those odds and majors. And I mean, like so, that one Augusta. So Sungjae usually plays the Rocket Mortgage, plays Travelers. Those are two golf courses he probably could win at. Yeah. So yeah, I could. I can also, see him also riding high a- and not being there. An Asian has never won the Open. So it's true. Might want to factor that in. I mean, well, it, how do you define Colin Morikawa? Oh Jesus, Brian Pacific is just trying to get us fucking canceled twice, <laughs> twice today. Recognitions and now one wrong. Good job, buddy. Thanks. I mean, he was born in America. <laughs> okay. Oh no, we're just gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna go ahead. We're gonna stop. Just no, move. what team does he right. play on, on the President's Cup? That, that's exactly. Right. Yeah, He's right. not Asian. Okay. All right. There you go. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Kirshner, what about you? Tom Kim. Okay. Like short off the tee, runner up last year. I think open is his best chance to win. Um, I like Tom Kim here, like 60 to one right now. Um, I think that's a, a, a very, you know, promising bet 45. That's not a great number, but he could be lower. Okay. Uh, Matt, what about you? 
All right, I'm going to go that route. I'm going to go with my favorite Asian golfer. That's Colin Morikawa. Um, he is a uh, Open Champion winner, and I, you guys are saying he's going to play good golf this year. And if he wins this year, I think he'll close sub 33 to one. So, oh, I do. He's I 33 right now. Yeah. So just based off that, in this for for Asians across the country, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Colin Morikawa. Might nuke that to be honest. Yeah, I mean, no, he's no, he's no chance to win. He has no chance to win, but he'll close up there. Why? Because he lucked his way into winning that his last uh, Open Championship. Matt, do you subscribe to the theory where he won in the COVID year because he there was no fucking fans? No, I no, not at all. Not at all. He just like made every putt and is like a top. Iron player. No, what if the fans were there was, and people were breathing down his there neck. There were maybe fans there. It wasn't Where? at Hiding Pack. No, there wasn't. No, I, that, he wanted open though. Yeah, at Royal St. George. There were fans. I know, and that, and that was the most docile weather. He might as well play in the fucking dome. Like it was. Okay, yeah, I agree. Like I don't no, know. I, he won't, no he one takes no away. Like no one takes away Cam's win because there wasn't weather. I'm not because taking he, it away. I just he say, think he has no chance to win here. And he crushed the story. No, I'm line. talking to Capper. You act like you won a fucking like junior M. Everyone Ooh. else could have won that tournament. What tournament? The Open that Colin won. Oh, that Colin won. No, I 100 percent agree with you on that. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it was a joke. You, you could, I mean, it was you a joke. Could, you can't have anything to do with the fact that I had Louis. Nothing to do with that. Okay. Yeah, I had him too. All right, you, you could make a connection that, uh, Colin, Jordan. that that Colin wins at stinky open championship venues, and Royal Churn probably is going to be a stinky open championship venue. Yeah. So, back to that into your model. So, th- we actually have an Asian theme going. So, we <laughs> all picked either Asian golfers or Asian or guys with Asian heritage uh, in their background. <laughs> I don't think Hideki is dead. He's been battling that guy. I don't think Hideki's Asian. My long shot is Asian. <laughs> Okay. He won a golf tournament in Georgia. He's not Asian. Okay. Thanks, thanks Brian. Thanks. I don't think I don't think Hideki is dead. He obviously is battling some injury stuff with the neck. But I think about how this golf course plays. You don't have to hit the driver a lot. That's where Hideki has really slipped, is he's not very good off the tee, but he's still a really good iron player. And you know, he's got you know some experience. He's a veteran. And if he can just be a solid ball striker from all across the bag there. Um, and if he doesn't have to have driver a ton, Sensen was not a great putter and he won. I mean, he was training with a putter. Maybe Hideki can do some similar stuff. Uh, and if Hideki flashes any sort of early season form, showing people he might be back, I don't think he's going to be 50 to one. I think people are just going to get back on that train. So, like, oh, Hideki, you know, premium player, you know, maybe he can win. So, um, I'll go with him as a guy that if he has an early season success. I don't think he'll be a his current number. So, all right, long shot. Uh, Matt, let's go with you. What's a long shot winner for the open? My long shot winner for the open is a guy that Brian mentioned before, and that's Ryan Fox, a guy who has crushed the DP World Tour length in his career. 125. Did I say 150 or 125? I see 150 out there. Let's nuke. All right, yeah. Let's lock that in. Yeah, he's crushed the DP World Tour uh, links venues in his career. He's getting better by the year. He's going to be a full-time PGA tour member this year. Look, it's a long shot is a guy. I think he's a guy with a lot with a high ceiling. Um, Ryan Fox, one fifty to one. I love it. I'm betting it. Okay. All right. Capper, what about you? If we're going to stick with, uh, Asian losers, you might as well, uh, not Asian losers, uh, or European losers. we might as well stick with Nikolai Hoygaard. I mean, the man played on the Ryder cup team. 
and he was a stud there. And I like that. if I can get 125 to one for him, like Great somebody, like 125 in playing in his comfy confines yeah. already in Europe, the kid is a stud. I was really impressed with him at the Ryder Cup. And Steve has been talking about my fucking ear for at least two years now. Um, so yeah, I think that's a great bet at one twenty five to one. All right, I think you're picking him because he's going to pull a Thomas Peters and snap a club and fire that in the gores too. Could be yeah. too. Could be yeah. too. Listen, I go. love my guys. You know, there you go. Give me the guy I, who cares. Give me the guy who cares. Not the guy who goes to the podium and doesn't give a fuck and drives home in his Ferrari. Give me the guy who gives a fuck. All right, Kirshner, how about you? It's a long shot. It, listen, a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. I have, I have, a, I have right a trivia now. question for you. Okay. How many PGA Tour wins does Lee Westwood have? Two. I was going to say three. Oh, he has two. Oh. He Damn. won the Fremont. Depro he won the Zurich and the St. Jude in 1998 yes. and 2010. Mm -hmm. how, no, again, like not being like a nationalist, like you cannot be number one in the world. And only win twice on the fucking PGA Tour. Golf like, was in a really bad place. Like, what time. was golf? <laughs> um, this was post Tiger getting his car smashed in and the Perkins waitress. And like, how did Luke Donald and now. Lee Westwood become? I was going to say, that was the Luke Donald era. That was just like yeah. when it was, golf was shitty. That one was shitty. Like, out on golf? Yeah. Like, DP World Tour, you literally like don't get OWGR points if you win. Like, Basically, I mean, I mean a, well, back then you did because it was still kind of separate a little bit, but that's okay. how they did. They just feasted over there. Regardless, yes. um, this is a guy that is good at golf. Um, I think that he's a, he's kind of a first round leader target um, for me this year um, in the majors. And I think that he'll win on the PGA Tour um, this year, getting a little bit of a Ryder Cup bump maybe kind of a justin rhodes winning the 2013 us open after he dominated phil at the 2012 us open um this is a guy top five at a major top five at this major um in his past before one two times in the past two pga tour seasons does anybody know who i'm talking about no no. Sep Shraka, hundred to one. This is his worst number at a major. I kind of like him at the PGA and US Open, but Sep Shraka can absolutely win a major. Like he's kind of like a Darren Clark type guy. Um, very good at golf. Um, and he fucking finished runner up at the Open last year with the greatest chip I've ever seen. Yes. So good. Straka, 100 to 1 open championship. It's a max play well bomb. Yeah, I don't hate that. Okay. All right. We're going to close uh, the picks with a real stinker that is going to draw some jeers from everybody. But look, if uh, Brian Harmon can win an open, um, I don't see why Russell Hanley can't win an open with his skills. <laughs> Let's go. I, I mean, look, I, I'm looking at the proximity buckets. Six shots from under 150, seven from 150 to 200, only five from over 200. So between, you know, the shots under 150 and 150 to 200, that's right. You know, Russell Henley's wheelhouse there, premium iron player. Um, you know, and he's finished, what, top five in the Masters. He's been relevant in some U.S. Opens. Has not done all that great in the Opens. But you know what? Look, like if this is going to be a contest of where it's going to be run with your irons and kind of small ball mentality, Russell Wilson at 125. Russell Wilson. 
Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. Let's go. There you go. He can win no, a I like it. Jug. I like it. I like that's yeah. a good. We'll lock that up. We'll lock that with Ryan Fox. I think especially like accuracy off the tee, one fifty to one. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'd yeah, rather I'd not know. win money than bet on Russell fucking Henley. All right, then keep being poor, bro. <laughs> like <laughs> keep keep fucking betting guys you don't want to see win. There no, I'm not. I will fucking bookmark this if one of these long shots that we gave out doesn't win a major this year. I'll be surprised, man. I will be very surprised, or at least like a top three. Like one of these long shots, they're going to be in contention on Sunday at that major. I like it. it. So, all right, well, that's it. Uh, Matt, what do you got going on? I know you're, you know, obviously you got golf coming back. You got some college basketball stuff you got uh, cooking on SGPN too. So, why don't you uh, plug away? Yeah, super excited for golf to get back mainly, but college basketball every other day, articles, and then. College football bowl season is coming to a finish, but yeah, it's been a great season coming with my second year with uh, golf gambling podcast. So thank you guys again for having me and super excited. Looking forward to it. There you go. Yeah. You got a nice little promotion uh, last year with us and it's, it's well-earned. So congratulations. Hell yeah. All right, Brian, what about you? Uh, plug away. Uh, so I'm not writing fraud checker anymore. Um, hmm. I'm not doing like any content. <laughs> I'm just like doing my pod. Um, so yeah, I don't really have much to plug, truly. Um, really just yeah, but like, you, got, you have a tremendous pod though. Yeah, TIB. Yeah. That's all you need. Tuesday night at eight. Like, you know, I'm excited to get back into the swing of things. You know, it's it's been a while. Um I miss losing five hundred dollars on golf every week. <laughs> oh, um oh. You know, I, 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 and honestly, like I, I've been good in the fall. Like I really haven't like gambled a bunch of money on other sports. So I, I have a little bankroll. Got the Christmas bonus. Like we're ready to go. Um, and honestly, I might bet all these long shots that we talked about because I really feel good about it. And again, this is my biggest takeaway. Brian Harmon and Wyndham Clark won majors last year. Like, you know, things can happen. Anything is possible. So, all right, Capper, what do you got? Kevin Garnett said that. Anything is possible, baby. He did. Right after we won the championship. Um, yeah, I mean, that's it, man. I mean, other than that, we got our uh, pick show. Uh, what day is today? Is that Tuesday? Yeah, so next Tuesday we pick show. I don't know how. No, we're no, no, no. we got an NFL pick show on. Oh, we do it. Yes, we have NFL pick show. Uh, both of us coming off not so great weeks. Um, yeah, it's not great, Bob. Yeah, not not great. Uh, but we got. Fi- I got to figure out what we're gonna do a Kapalua preview because uh, hmm. New Year's Eve is Sunday. Um, who do you guys like for Kapalua? <laughs> I didn't even I thought about it to be honest. Hosting eighty-five max. Um, uh, maybe. What's home maybe. at? Twelve, not good odds. Yeah. Oh, the odds are already out. That's not Caesar. That's not disconnect. Yeah. I haven't even seen anything right now. Yeah, yeah. Caesar's only. All right. Well, either way, fucking, we got that coming up uh, for our NFL picks, and then yeah, we'll do Capitalua. We'll let you guys know what we're doing for Capitalua. Other than that, but uh, yeah, NFL picks. Uh, hap- we're gonna talk to anybody before New Year's or no? Oh yeah, I guess the football picks. So. Yeah, other than that, I uh, hope everybody had a good Christmas. Uh, my brain is all jumbled. I don't even know what fucking day it is. Um, other than that, thank you, Matt and Brian, for coming on. It was fun. We'll definitely hit a long shot. Can't wait for a Brian or somebody.
They also hit some ridiculous call, uh, like the Harmon, and uh, we can all laugh our way to the bank. And uh, hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. Talk to you guys before the New Year's. Talk to you.